Hello and welcome to the Nevermind Poly podcast. My name is Matt, I'm your host, and we chat to rock and metal bands from around the world. How are you all doing? How are you all living? I hope you're all doing well wherever you're listening to this podcast. We appreciate you for checking out the show on the episode this time around. I have got Tim Lambesis of Born Through Fire, Azalo Dying, and Austrian Death Machine fame. Um, this was a really, really insightful conversation. Um, I've been a big fan of Tim's work uh, through Azalo Dying, Austrian Death Machine, and Born Through Fire. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, you know, I'm not a fan of, of his music and things. But um, there's obviously a topic which uh, we do speak about a little bit in the show. Um, you know, and th- the fact is, it's not for me to be judge, jury, and executioner uh, with this. So, I, I kind of wanted to, to let Tim uh, talk about the music first and foremost. That was the reason why we're here. We do touch upon um, the life after his incarceration um, and, and what he's been doing since then and kind of just life in general. Um, I think it's a really nice, uplifting conversation. But what I didn't do was sit and dive, deep dive all on his personal details to do with what happened because I don't think it's beneficial, to be honest. Um, I'm not here for a witch hunt. I'm here to talk about um, this band, this music, his life, his career. And um, I feel like I've done that. And if you feel like that I didn't do talk about what you wanted me to talk about in this podcast, that's that's fine. This is a free podcast. Just skip to the next one or whatever. It's completely fine. Um, but if you do like what you heard, then please do check out the wealth of content we have in our back catalogue. We've, we've had some fantastic guests on the last few weeks and months. But um, if you want to financially support the show, you can over at patreon.com forward slash nevermindpolypodcast. Alternatively, you can tell a friend about the show, uh, so give us a share on social media. We are at nevermindpolypodcast everywhere. And um, yeah, we hope you enjoy this conversation with Tim Lambesis of Born Through Fire, As Are They Dying, Austrian Death Machine fame. Enjoy. We'll see you next time. guys welcome back to the nevermind poly podcast my name is matt i'm your host and we chat to rock and metal bands from around the world and this week on the show it is my absolute esteemed pleasure to say that i'm sitting down with the legend that is tim lambesis of born through fire as they dying and austrian death machine how the devil are we sir i'm doing good i know it's evening for you and morning for me so uh good evening to you good morning absolutely absolutely this is my fourth podcast of today now, I wouldn't recommend doing that much work in a single day, but alas, we are here and we're uh, we're living for it. <laughs> it sounds good. Like uh, my voice sounds groggier than yours, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, so I wanted to obviously we're here to talk uh, predominantly about the Born Through Fire's uh, debut record, Purity and Refine. Um, obviously, the album is out there in the world now. How's the reaction been to the record and things? How's things been your end? It's been great. It's actually been, uh, see, today would make it exactly one week. So mm-hmm. uh, it's been a great reaction so far. Um, I know that we still have some promotional parts to roll out over time, and I'm excited for people to, to get to focus on the different songs. Um, one of the things in this first week is I get to just kind of get a feel for uh, what songs people gravitate towards. Of course, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it, it's just been nice, you know, having all 10 songs out. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's the thing as well. Like, I've, I've as I said, uh, before we start recording, I've been a fan of, of your music uh, in various guises for, for a very long time. So I was very excited um, when 
when this project first got announced and things. So it's um it's it's been a bit it's been a I want to say it's been a long time come, but it hasn't because obviously uh, as I dying is part of stuff in 2020 and things like that. But um yeah, it must be kind of nice to sort of um excuse the phrasing, uh, kind of uh, reborn again and kind of uh, getting into a new band if that makes sense because it's a fresh start again if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and the songwriting process to me is so uh, natural because Joey, who I co-write everything with, mm. uh, is just one of my closest friends and has been with me through so many, uh, you know, really tough parts of life. But also, we get to celebrate a lot of good times together, and so we just enjoy the process. Even writing, I mean, we have um, probably there's ten songs we released, and there's probably ten songs that we made that we felt like, yeah, these aren't really album worthy. We still had a blast making them, you know. So even the ones we throw away, we still had a good time absolutely absolutely so if, if you can can you talk me through how this project came to be because obviously um joey you know obviously in, in your personal life and things but also I, i've done some research and things you actually produced um some of the wolves at the gates tracks am i got that right from like the fourth record is that right i did, I did help out with vocals on one of their records for um, sure uh they're, they're screaming vocals in particular and steve the uh um i guess we'll call him in our day and age we call him like the clean singer from wolves at the gate he yeah uh, you know, he typically produces his own vocals and is an incredible vocalist, and and he's the primary songwriter in that band. So I helped Nick, their other their other vocalist, and and then Steve's uh, returned the favor and um, you know did some backing vocals on a lot of tracks on on uh, Purify and Refine. So I was really honored to have him. He's an incredible vocalist, and um, you know we're all we're all close, even though we're from two separate bands. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, absolutely, and that that's the thing as well. Um, you know, again, I I think. From an outsider's perspective, like you know, as I say, I've followed your career for a long time. You're you're a bit of a legend within the scene, you know, for for previous albums and, and whatnot. So when when you kind of come a knocking and gone, do you want to start this project? You know, I think most people would uh, bite your arm off to <laughs> to be a part of it. You know, so that that's really really cool. Yeah, I think another really important factor for me is that um, with Asley dying, obviously I'm I'm the front man, and same with One Through Fire, but. Uh, in the studio with One Through Fire, Joey and I are really handing the guitar back and forth, and I'm playing guitar a lot more often. Um, Amazing. A couple of the music videos I did, I uh, play guitar as well and stuff. And just, it's a nice to approach songwriting, um, kind of like I did when I when I first started. You know, that was really the origin of Asley Dying for me was, um, I was a guitar player that didn't play guitar on stage. I just, I wrote yeah. the songs and then performed vocals on stage. And that was like the early days of Asley Dying, right? And I, I sort of... Um, gotten away from that particular outlet of mine over the years and so i, I really just enjoyed being back at, you know playing guitar a lot yeah absolutely that makes that makes perfect sense and it's kind of a nice little segue i guess because i always wanted to uh ask musicians at the you know at the peak of their power and things where did it all kind of start for you where does your love affair with with heavy music come from and start and begin with you yeah for me i um it you know when i first learned an instrument i learned bass and then, and then rhythm guitar mm-hmm. um because I had a friend of mine in, in high school that was learning guitar and I figured, Oh, well, he, he's doing it. I might as well just like tag along, you know, learn what he's learning. And, um, and then as, as the early bands that I was in, you know, um, I, I enjoyed playing, but I felt like, Oh man, some of these songs could be better. So I really started focusing on the songwriting mm-hmm. and that became you know, the most important aspect of, um, of music for me was, was songwriting, but from a guitar perspective. And so, uh, I never really wanted to be like a singer of a band. I just wanted to write songs, but we needed to fill out these bands that I was helping write music for. Yeah. Uh, and, and we can never find a singer. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll just do it until we find somebody. And we just never found somebody. So I shouldn't have always been the one to do it. 
I love that. I love that. And I, and I guess, you know, with um, a talent like yours, with your, your voice and things, does it come naturally or is it something you've had to kind of work over over the years and things with? Um, you know, I think that uh, experience is probably, uh, you know, it's, it's like anything that you, that you do. You're, I mean, playing guitar, for instance, I mm-hmm. remember in high school, I first picked up a guitar and my fingers felt so foreign. Mm-hmm. And I, I sure. thought I'll never, I'll never get good at this. And then just experience. I never took lessons or anything, just experience, you know, and, yeah. and I think the same with the vocal is that the first, um, the first demo I made for a band in high school, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't very good. It was, um, you know, I've always had a lower voice and, and so it's, it's been like a, a thicker sound, but didn't really have like the saturation and the, uh, uh, the power that it has now. And I think that's just kind of grown with experience. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, I'm going to give you a sort of a, a very brief critique on uh, Born Through Fire as I see it, as it's just a music fan and things. So to me, it's kind of got a lot of the classic elements of, of metalcore, which made As I Dying and various other bands so fantastic. But it's kind of been brought right into the, the 2023 uh, with like the production uh, levels on this is is really super sharp and super clean. Was that kind of the intention to kind of like harp back to the past and but as well as bring in into into the day and age? Yeah, so Joey and I uh, just did the production ourselves. Uh, mm. I mean, we we had different people help us along the way, so I don't want to take uh, all the credit. But um, Joey actually personally mixed a lot of the songs in this record. I I, I was yeah. I, I co-mixed in the background with him, and and um, we are a big fan of some of the modern productions. Mm-hmm. But in terms of songwriting, we're a big fan of a classic riff. You know, like yeah, um, of course. Sometimes I'll hear this like wall of sound from these modern bands. You know, it's just like, right in my face, and it's such a such a presence on recording but when the song's over i'm like wait there's a lot of interesting rhythms in there but i don't remember the riffs you know sure and and so it's like well how do we write songs where you can remember something but still has that modern production to it and i think that's like the fine line we're trying to figure out yeah that that makes perfect sense and as i say it's um there is definitely memorable riffs on, on this on this record and you know apart from just banging my fucking head um <laughs> it's really really cool um so I wanted to, to talk about as well about there because obviously you're a very seasoned um, touring musician as, as well as a studio musician as well with, with the various bands and things. How do you find that aspect of the job, so to speak? Because being away from loved ones, being away from home, things like that, how do you find it nowadays? Um, you know, I, I'm just so used to it over the years. I, I, I've probably spent more time uh, since I started Asley Dying originally mm um you know the covid years uh you know balances out a little bit but i've probably spent more time gone from home than i have at home uh you know since i was 20 years old yeah so you know i think even being at home for a very very long period of time doesn't feel normal to me anymore i Mm -hmm. I don't really have a a normal feeling you know i mean i guess the trade-off for that is obviously playing shows meeting fans and and connecting with other bands and artists i guess that's the trade-off for it isn't it yeah, yeah, and, and I, I'd say that this is a pretty shared sentiment by a lot of artists is that the first two weeks on tour, they're so excited, like, oh, I love being back out on the road, and then after two weeks, it's like, okay, now I miss home, you know, yeah, and they've absolutely. been home for two months, and it's like, oh, well, it was nice to be home for the first month, you know, I got to unwind, and, you know, but now I kind of miss the road, you know, and then they, it's this kind of constant wave that they go through, and, uh, you know, I, I think that um, that's, that's like, healthy in a way, because I think the human experience, you know, we... We, we want to be passionate about something, but when we, we get consumed with it, then it then it sort of like makes us not feel like ourselves, you know? And so we have to find that balance. 
Absolutely. I, I'm a big fan. So uh, it's something I say to a lot of my friends and things and a lot of friends say to me is when I get kind of stuck in my own head about something, it's like, go outside, go and have a walk, touch some grass. That's kind of, do you, do you, feel, do you feel like that sometimes like when you're trying to uh, write a song or, or create something and it's just not quite sticking? How do you kind of get yourself out of that rut and that headspace when it's not quite quick and clicking into place? Yeah, I, I had an uh, experience working uh, with a with a producer, uh, we were just working together for the day, mm. and oddly enough, the song we worked on didn't end up getting released because it was um, a long story. But mm. but through that experience, I learned from him. He he said, you know, I like to really just sit down and see what my instinct does in the first thirty minutes. For and sure, our instinct is so much more powerful than our our you know uh, you know rational brain. And, and so he said, if our instinct is tapped into what's going on, let let's keep going. And if it's not, then let's go you know take a walk, or get a coffee, go get a snack, like do whatever come back, you know, give ourselves that fresh year's experience all over again, and then try the next 30 minutes. And so we, we tried like three or four different 30 minute, um, you know, plans of attack. Mm. They, they didn't work. And the fourth one, finally, all of a sudden we finally got the gears rolling. Um, yeah. But he said that, you know, if you just try to power through, like you could spend eight hours and get nothing done. Yeah, Otherwise, you know, so I, I really uh, adapted to that. And I like that approach. Absolutely. It's it's definitely a thing is, you know, we all have, it's the quote, we all have the same 24 hours, but at the same time, you can you can procrastinate. So if you're given an hour window to do something, you're more likely to do it than if you would say you have all day to do it, if that makes sense. So that makes, yeah, that, course, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the lyrical kind of content of the, of the album, because there's a lot of stuff here that talks about kind of redemption and kind of talks about, uh, look, it's quite an inward looking record. Do you ever feel like um, you're sort of putting too much out there into the world and you feel to sort of open yourself up too much in that respect? Um, well, I think there's a, it's kind of something nice about that because I think that uh, people assume a lot about me, um, mm. you know, whether my, my appearance, my past, like, you know, whatever it is, you know, or, yeah. or they'll see, they'll see me um, doing social media content about the gym. They're like, Oh, you know, probably like a meathead or like or whatever it is people might assume. And for me, it's it's kind of nice to have like, okay, well, here's like a little bit of a picture into what's, you know, what's going on in my, my inner thoughts, my inner world, my heart, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know how else uh, the world might know those things, you know, so it's kind yeah, of, it's, I, I, I don't mind it. It's a good outlet. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing, obviously, like I, you know, so when I uh, set this up with, with the, with the lovely PR people uh, who look after you guys. Um, it was something that a few close friends to me said. It's like, are you going to touch on, you know, the, the past and things like that? And I kind of was like, well, I'm not going to not talk about it. But at the same time, I don't feel like it's beneficial, if that makes sense. Because, you know, the thing happened and, you know, we moved past that and you, you've done the time and everything else. So, but what I kind of wanted to know was kind of how do you feel now coming out of that? And how is things how is life just in general if that makes kind of sense because you can talk about the past yeah. all day and you know we're, we all make mistakes we're all um ever evolving you know yeah and, and the way i feel about um you know my past is i'm, I'm not avoiding talking about it by any means no, i of do course. feel like yeah. most of the the really big elephant in the room kind of questions I, i've addressed um you know i haven't really done very many interviews uh no, since sure. i was my incarceration but but in the small handful that i've done i feel like i've i've done my best to address that and so now to me in the aftermath of it it's like well um look regardless of whether or not somebody believes that i should have a second chance i i'm out in society again i'm yeah. uh, you know i'm living uh you know amongst you know just amongst regular people in a neighborhood right so yeah i need to be the best neighbor that i could be the best productive member of society that i could be even if 
even if somebody doesn't think I should have this chance, uh, the the best way that I can honor the chance that I've been given is to just, you know, um, just to, to live a good life. And so for me, I'm, I'm really, um, I'm enjoying it. And I, I don't want to go down the list of talking about the, the good things, you know, like, like pat me no. on the back, you know, I have, I have a good weekly routine where I do, um, parents included, you know, we do this, um, uh, kind of like this, this different separate charity work together as a family. And then I have a, a nonprofit that I work with uh, on the side that, um, helps guys that were previously incarcerated or came from, uh, addiction recovery to to get back on their feet and to be you know good productive members of society so I feel like I'm not only in the next chapter of my own life but I'm trying to help other people find the next chapter of their life and that that's the thing as well you know it's we're all we're all guilty of being backslappers you know we can all pat ourselves on the back and go aren't we fantastic aren't we great but that's not kind of what I wanted to do with this it is you know because obviously I've read about the the charity work and things like that and it's something that you know, when you look at the headlines of any kind of anyone who's been incarcerated, people can go, oh, but that's the monster, da 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 But at the end of the day, pe- people do shitty things all the time, you know? It's like, and people kind of need to have second chances. You know, you've, you've done the thing, you've done your time, and as far as I'm concerned, and as far as a lot of people are concerned, I, I hope and things will say, well, okay, yeah, like, let's move forward. You know, this man's obviously put um, putting things forward back into motion, you know? Yeah, and, and I think, you know, sometimes when you look at a, a really tough situation, it's, you're looking at um, what are the alternatives sometimes. It's like, you know, hey, this doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. You know, that this guy did a terrible thing and, and was incarcerated and we just have to, we have to move on as a society. You say, well, yeah, that is, that's tough. It's emotionally difficult for some people to process, mm. but let's look at the alternative. What it's that, yeah. you know, you take somebody, um, you know, and you incarcerate them for, and I don't know what this translates to in, in, in the British pound, but like $75,000 a year to incar- incarcerated person sure. in, in California. Yeah. Um, you know, have them sit there and do nothing. Yeah. You know, they're not being productive and adding to society. Um, you know, is that, is that really the better alternative? You know, and I don't think it is. No, absolutely. I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, I wanted to uh, to touch on um, As I Dying as well, because obviously they, they are, are they still an active band at the moment? Where's, where does that kind yeah. of sit with everything with you and the stuff at the moment? Where is, where is things with that? Yeah. So Phil and I um, have been writing songs together for 20 years and, mm. uh, you know, started exchanging demos for what would be the new As I Dying record about a year ago. Amazing stuff. Um, and, and we've just exchanged so many different ideas um, to where we had, way more songs than we needed for an album. And then we finally narrowed it down with, with the, the guys that have come to join us. Uh, Nick Pierce just finished tracking drums yeah, a few days ago. Um, and so we actually have narrowed those songs down to like the ones that we really, really are excited about. And then um, even still, uh, we have more songs than we need for an album, but you know, yeah. keep narrowing it down as the process goes. And then uh, Ryan Neff, actually, he's the first band member to have finished his part uh, oh, he, he, we did this really backwards process where he actually sang his choruses first and played bass first yeah because that helped us like solidify and choose which songs we were really uh, gravitating towards mm-hmm. and then we started tracking the rest of the record so it's kind of a really weird backwards tracking process but um um you know it's, it's going great and uh, we're really excited about uh the new as record just we can't give an exact like release date yet no, of we course. Yeah, yeah. The mixes, you know? 
Absolutely, and that, that's the thing. It's kind of I, I spoke to a, a previous a guest earlier today, and it was a case of you know art is ready when art is ready. I mean, it took um, Guns N' Roses fifteen years to release Trying to Democracy. Whether people think that's a good record or not is up to them. But you know, art takes as long as it takes. You know, so yeah. and, and life is life is busy and, and things have got going on. So, so that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. I, and, and like with um, you know Ken Susie who, who's um. Uh, work working with us for the first time in terms of like doing like leads and, and any solos that he does or uh, background vocals like he's in uh, western massachusetts and we're down here in san diego and so it's yeah. like a little bit just logistics for finishing some of the last parts of the record absolutely that, that yeah that's that's um because that's the thing being british you forget how vast and big america is it's absolutely mental sometimes when you think about but um yeah, so I also wanted to, uh, this is more for a couple of friends of mine who said, I have to ask you to ask this question. And that's, do you have any news uh, about Austrian Death Machine? Is it coming back? Is it completely done? Where Whereabouts is that sitting as well? So um, the tough part about Austrian Death Machine is, you know, it's it's not the type of band where, where I'm trying to address things philosophical or anything like that. Mm, for sure. And yeah, so yeah. I'm just trying to have a good time and a fun time. Yeah. Um, but I, I felt like if I released an Austrian Death Machine record, let's just say I was incarcerated, mm-hmm. got released, and a year later I released Austrian Death Machine, people would be like, "That's that's kind of weird," you know. It's like for sure. it's not necessarily wrong, but like you know, we, we kind of want to flush out this this original story before yeah. we can uh, you know just be lighthearted and start laughing about things again, you know. And so the timing has been really difficult for me to determine because I'm, you know, I'm living this life daily, like every mm-hmm. single day I face you know, my past and everything all the time. Yeah. And so I'm just like, Hey, I'm, I'm excited to, to like laugh again, to like have fun with my friends again, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I have, I have an album, you know, ready to go really whenever, um, whenever I feel like the timing is appropriate. Of course I have to still, you know, uh, put on the finishing touches and, and mix it and all that. But, um, you know, I think the time is, is pretty soon, you know, that, yeah. that, that feels like it's okay. It's okay at this point. You know, I think that, um, the first Azodine record after my incarceration came out, and I think that addressed lyrically a lot of really important themes. I think Born Through Fire has done similarly. Yeah, um, And so I, I'm, uh, I don't know, I guess I just need to get out the calendar and find where to squeeze it in between <laughs> all these new recordings. Absolutely love that. I hope that this conversation is one that sort of pushes you over the edge and go, right, okay, I'm going to book that in. I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I, love well, that. I, I do actually have one song uh, totally mixed and recorded in, in the whole thing. Um, oh, amazing. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe I'll go with the newer model of just releasing a single instead of an album, you know, so maybe that'll take some of the pressure off of it. And maybe so, maybe so. I love that. Um, so I've got a couple of final questions for you uh, today. And that one of which is I need you to kind of um, get some little bit of context behind it. Right. So um, basically, this is kind of in a, a hypothetical situation. Right. So you've got to picture me as a massive multi-billion pound fucking entity, this podcast and everything else. And I'm going to put on a dream festival, right? And I'm asking okay. every band that have uh, came on the show like yourself to add one thing to the rider of said festival. Now, you have no financial, you have no logistical restraints what would you like to add? So to give you a little bit of context, um, I recently, today I spoke to um, Andy from Therapy and he said he just wants socks, like a fresh pair of socks every day. Um, going all the way over to, uh, I had the guys from of Sulphur on and they said to me they want like a whole petting zoo. So anything is is on the table here. What would you like to add? Man, <laughs> if there's no budget constraint whatsoever i'd no, say you there's know, well, nothing yeah yeah <laughs> can you build me a uh 
a custom backstage house that I then own after the festival is done. Okay. And then, I, then, I, then I've got not only a great backstage, but then a new vacation home that I that I own for that might be a little, you know, it, you know, once you say, Hey, money is no object. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> you know, owning a piece of property, that's, uh, you know, it's not only relaxing for the moment, but then a, uh, so you know, lifelong investment. So that's the thing as well. So how, how are you working with that logistically? Are we just literally taking brick by brick, putting it together? And then as soon as the festival's done, like unbricking it and then rebricking it somewhere else, or are you putting no, wheels I, on I just think, you know, like, like I, I picture in my mind, a lot of these festivals out in the middle of these huge, big open field kind of areas right and it's like mm-hmm. um uh at least in, in california where we have you know coachella and some of these type of festivals it's like sure the rest of the year that piece of land is is absolutely just barren right yeah you know and, and so it's like you know if you built a mansion out there in the middle of of wherever you know wherever those festivals are mm-hmm. um the rest of the year i mean it would just sit, it's like it's almost like a little cabin for somebody to get away to go go write a record not be bothered you know the other 300 and you know, 62 days of the year, nothing's happening over there. You know what I mean? So yeah, that, that's really cool. I like that. So it's a really solid answer. Um, I've had some mental answers to be fair. So that, that's a real cool one. I like that one. Um, and one of my final questions I have for you today, Tim, is simply what is the best thing about being a musician in your opinion? And that can be as, you know, as kind of simple as it sounds to the most elaborate thing you want to talk about. But the fact is, it's your reason why you enjoy doing what you do. Yeah. I, I think about this actually fairly often is um, all of us have hobbies that we're passionate about to varying degrees. You know um, uh, you know, my wife paints and she's an incredible painter mm-hmm. and, you know, so to, to just keep doing that and to make a living from that you know, to her is like the, is the dream. Right. And for mm-hmm. me uh, you know, when I first started playing music, I, I didn't think that it was possible to make a living playing music. So the idea that I'm doing what was my hobby that I was going to do regardless of whether or not I got paid as long as I could until I had to, you know, be a big boy and go get a, you know, quote unquote real job. Yeah. Right. That was, that was my mentality when I first started this. So to be able to make a living doing what I'm passionate about and that really ultimately is my hobby yeah. is, is something I'm so grateful for. I love that. That's, that's the perfect answer. Um, So born through fires, a brand new debut record is out now everywhere go and check it all out um is there is there going to be tour uh, tour announcements and things in the future and things you can't talk about at the moment or what was the plan for that and what's ahead i guess yeah so joey and i talked about a little bit is that um you know we wanted some time obviously one of the tough parts about being a new band is if you uh you know if you go play a concert and people haven't really heard your music you know say mm-hmm. you play your debut record and you go play album release week well very few people in the crowd will actually even know the songs right so For once sure. people are a little familiar with the songs we could probably start with some um you know some small like flyouts for you know maybe a festival here or a, or a special occasion show there here or there you know we get a ton of requests from brazil as an example yeah absolutely. and then <laughs> and then really just kind of see you know hey you know do, do we enjoy the the live process as much as we enjoy the studio process because we've never done a show so i guess we'll find out absolutely love that sorry my avast was just kicking off for the for some reason there i <laughs> don't know if that came through but um yeah so my, my final kind of thing to you is, is to say thank you for for coming on the show and being so open about everything um but also um just thank you for the music because as i said i've been a fan of your music for a long time and is there anything you want to close out the show anything you need people to know anything you want to get off your chest just the floor is yours my friend yeah, I uh, and I'm really honored to be here. I'm able, like I said, to be able to talk about music and, and play music and 
have uh you know not everybody in the world has to, to love me i i, I know that I, i'm very very well aware of that but to have at least enough support out there to be able to focus on music and to keep delivering music you know i don't take that lightly and um so i'm, I'm just very very thankful i love that i love that thank you so much for coming on tim this has been tim lambesis on the nevermind poly podcast you've been you thank you for listening and um we will catch you all next time tim thank you for your time uh, if you if we see each other in a UK festival or show or wherever else, um, I'll buy you a beverage of your choice, whether it be beer, alcohol, whatever, or water, whatever you want. It's yours, my friend, because right. time is precious. So thank you for coming on, and um, we'll catch up soon. All right, thanks again. Have awesome. Wicked. See you soon. Bye. There we have it. Tim Lambesis on the Nevermind Poly podcast. That was really good. I really enjoyed that. It was really cathartic um, for me because... I just kind of feel like there's certain stories on this podcast that, you know, when I started this, I dreamt of telling and dreamt of saying, I had this person or this band on the show. And Tim is one of those people because I think this hopefully will get a lot of traction. I hope a lot of people will listen to it, but I hope a lot of people take away from the fact that, um, you know, this man is just trying to rebuild his life and things and, and since his incarceration and whatnot. I feel like that's important, but also just letting the music speak for itself. I mean, As I Dying are a fantastic band. Uh, Born Through Fire are fantastic, and Austrian Death Machine are really great as well. So, um, yeah, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, and this is for anyone who's got this far in the podcast at the very end, just to let you know who's coming next on the show, because I can exclusively reveal on the podcast that I sat down with Juhan of the band Grave Pleasures, uh, we speak all about their brand new record, Plague Boys. It was a hell of a lot of fun. Anyway, I'm going to shut up and uh, let you carry on with the rest of your day. See you all soon. Ta-ta.